On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most inspired visionaries on the planet in lighthearted, lively dialogue. Join us as we explore the expansive nature of reality in a down-to-earth way, offering you insights and tools empowering you to become that bright light you're meant to be now here's your host christine upchurch hello everybody welcome to the show so grateful you joined us here today whether you're listening live here on 1150 a.m kknw alternative talk radio or on transformationtalkradio.com or listening after the fact on one of the i don't know 90 some odd places it ends up including on christineupchurch.com and the radio show archives but wherever and whenever you're listening from today, you are going to be really grateful you joined us. I've got one of my all-time favorite guests who's back again, but I'm not going to tell you who that is until I say hello to the man behind the magic who allows you to hear all these conversations, the, the technological wizard, my producer, Mr. Benny Mathers. Good morning. The magic man. The like magic that. man, yes. So then I have to, uh, since I have like that kind of like cool little coded name, do we have something for you or do I need to have like this next hour to come up with something? Or? Oh dear. Right, see? <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, real fast, I heard a little bit of news coming across the desk here. A little birdie was telling me something. Should we give this uh, information out? I'll let you have the moment. Uh, the floor. Uh, Here it is. Well, I love the drum roll. Thank you You're very welcome. much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. So. Yes, I've been um, invited to do a TEDx talk on the East Coast in Wilmington, Delaware, in the <gasps> Philly area. Very good. Congratulations. Uh, and I'm really excited, too, because, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I've been teaching for years. Mm-hmm. You know, some days I've, I mean, some conferences I've taught four days in a row, taught in front of large audiences as well. But... I've never had to narrow it down to 10 to 12 minutes and stay right on target and been filmed from multiple directions. So it's it's a new challenge, which I'm excited about. It's all practice. Don't worry. Other thousands of people will be viewing this. and Not a big deal, to be honest. I, I saw a T-shirt years ago in a little, little writing on it that said, this is not a dress rehearsal. Yeah, right. Well, our guest might give you a couple uh, pointers or tips around I'm the, sure the scene, he would. So. He, he yeah. is an amazing man. And we are talking about Greg Braden. Um, he is, oh my goodness, he's a five-time, get that, five-time New York Times bestselling author, He's internationally renowned as a pioneer in bridging science, spirituality, and human potential. Um, In the early days, he worked with Fortune 500 companies, and he was sort of more technological back then. And he continues the sort of problem solving that he used to do, but he weaves now that into modern science and wisdom um, that he's learned about over his travels over the years. His discoveries have led to, get this, 12 award-winning books, now published in 40 languages. He has shared his presentations with the United Nations, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. And he, of course, he is featured in media around the world. And he's got 2018 nominee for the prestigious Templeton Award, which was established by the late Sir John Templeton to honor and I quote, outstanding individuals who have devoted their talents to expanding our vision of human purpose and ultimate reality. I would like to welcome our VIP guest today, Mr. Greg Braden. Hi, Greg. Oh, Christine, it's great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I'm, I'm going to say hello to the magic man behind the scenes <laughs> Oh, as well. thank you, thank you. Yeah, Greg and I have stepped across uh, many paths as well. So well, I, I appreciate all the magic that happens. And oh. Christine, now I have to to say congratulations on your TEDx talk. That is Thank really, you. well, it's more than exciting, but I, my question is, what what are you going to talk about? Oh, well, it, it's interesting because um, it's not something I normally teach about, but I've, I, it, I sort of got the idea from the first chapter of um, a, a book that I'm working on, and that chapter is entitled On the Outside Looking In, mm-hmm. but what the, the title of my TEDx talk is... Um, Feeling like an outsider, embracing its gifts. So wow. it's about when we feel like an outsider, whether we look like one or not, when we feel like an outsider or have felt like an outsider, there are certain potential benefits that we have gained that can not only serve us on our own individual paths, but serve us with the collective you know, evolution of our society. Well, I would love to be in that audience. I don't think I'll be able to, but it uh, sounds 
really exciting. Congratulations, Thank and you. I look forward. Are they going to record this? We'll be able to oh, see yeah. it after. Oh yeah, they'll be on video. Okay, I yeah. look forward to seeing the video. I, I didn't mean to begin our, our interview by interviewing you, but I, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited uh, for the TEDx talk. It is a very very awesome way to be able to share your message. Yeah, thank you, and um, I'm yeah I'm excited to, for a new challenge. You know, I'm just that kind of person, and, and I I know you know all about it because you have. You are an overachiever, Greg. No, I'm not really an overachiever, but, you know, I was definitely an outsider when I was in the corporation. Uh-huh, and I, I right. think it was actually, for me, I always considered it an asset uh-huh. um, because it, it gave me the opportunity uh, to look at things from very unique perspectives and angles. Uh, I was a problem solver during times of crisis. Uh-huh. Um, during 1970s, it was the, the first energy crisis that we had uh, the oil right. embargo, I and, that, and yeah. I was working in the energy industry in the in the eighties. It was during the Cold War, which was a very frightening time, and in the history of uh, of our world uh, as well as our nation. And the nineteen nineties with Cisco Systems, when they were challenged with uh, finding ways to to connect all the different platforms that were uh, the computer platforms that were evolving at that time, so that uh, one computer system could talk to another. Yeah. And this was particularly important for the military. So if I had come up through the ranks of the corporations, I'd be thinking like everyone else. Right, right. And, and that, uh, that is one of the, the great potentials. And I think about, yeah. like, the, the, the kids um, from Parkland, you know, March for Our Lives, they are outsiders in the sense that um, not many people have experienced what they've experienced. And they don't even get to vote yet. And yet they have helped um, shift some legislative direction, in, at least in Florida, and perhaps they'll do it nationwide. So, yes, outsiders, both individually and collectively, can indeed help change the world. Well, you know, I'm, <clears throat> we didn't talk about where we were going to go with this conversation today, so I'm, I'm going to pick up on what you just said. Uh, I am less than uh, 10 days back from uh, an extended trip in the Middle East, uh-huh. and um, I had the opportunity to see firsthand what uh, what's happening in that part of the world in the Holy Land and uh, the Palestinian-controlled areas uh, right. as well as in Israel? Uh-huh. And first thing I'll say is it's not what you see on on television, definitely. Really, <clears throat> but the hope that I really experienced was with the outsiders that people consider the young people, uh-huh. and everywhere we we went, Christine, the young people uh, coming from places that have traditionally been conditioned. Uh, to not be involved with the with the emerging world, these young people they want to be involved. You know, they're they understand the history, they understand the past, and they understand what happened with their parents. Um, but for them, they're ready for for something new. They want to engage with uh, with the world at large. The internet is a huge part of this. They see on right. the internet, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening in the rest of the world, and they want that for themselves. And they were their eyes were just so bright, and they would come up to us everywhere we went, and, of course, wanting to test their English. Sure. <laughs> um, but they really, really aspire to participating and, and being a force. And in just a few years, they're going to be the voting block. Uh-huh. Uh, and so That's exciting. It is. You know, while I've always believed uh, that peace is possible anytime, mm-hmm. and peace can happen in a heartbeat, it's possible. Right. But the reality is there's so much hurt, and the hurt runs so deep. Uh, throughout the world, not just the Middle East, and in this country as well, that it's difficult to implement that change with the people that experience the hurt. Mm -hmm. But as we move one generation away from that original hurt, uh, it's a little easier for the young people here in this country uh, and uh, in in the Middle East and other parts of the world as well. They're not denying the history of their nations or their families uh, you know, or what's happened politically, they're just saying we're ready for something more. We're ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're seeing happening in America, uh, if if Americans are not aware of what's happening in other parts of the world, it's not just an American phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a sign of the times. And I, for me, it's the hope of the future and really, really exciting. So That, that is exciting. And, you know, one of the things that, that I believe, Greg, is that in order for us to move forward, we need to get beyond our anger and, and, and tap into that collective grief because really behind all the anger and the blame is a deep sadness for, um, you know, the, the problems that have existed for so long. And so it's, it, it's interesting to, to hear about how they're sort of facing the history and yet 
they have the potential to move forward in a new way. Well, it is, and and I'm going to segue right into the new book. <laughs> okay. This is a perfect place because the, the reason I wrote this new book, the, the newest book is called Human by Design, From uh-huh. Evolution by Chance to Transformation by Choice. And and the, the reason that I wrote that book and why it was so healing for me to, to write this book is because over the years, uh, this is my 33rd year, I've done this work in one form or another, and for most of my adult life, uh-huh. I've had the opportunity to, to travel into some of the most isolated and remote and, and pristine uh, and beautiful places remaining on the earth and be with cultures that are struggling in many ways. I, I was in a revolution in Peru in 1989 mm-hmm. and with, the, uh, <clears throat> with the, the tensions that were happening in Egypt in, in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in, uh, you know, spent time in Tibet and the ongoing uh, turmoil that's still there I witnessed firsthand in the 1990s and early 2000s. And as different as all of those things are, and here in our country, the hate, yeah. the hate crimes based mm-hmm. upon sexual orientation or religion or the color of our skin or cyberbullying, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the epidemics of drug abuse, as different as all of these things are, what I realize, Christine, is they're only possible uh, because of the way we have been taught to think about ourselves and our relationship uh, to the yeah, world, yeah. ultimately our relationship to the cosmos. And much of that thinking is based in a 300-year history of science that is now, we know, based upon false assumptions. We are steeped in a scientific story uh, that is based upon the, the belief of, of separation, uh-huh. competition, uh-huh. conflict, struggle, scarcity, powerlessness in, in the world. And the best science of the modern world has now overturned all of those ideas, overturned all of that thinking, on the one hand, and, you know, you would think that that would be good news and people would be really happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. But the, the flip side of the story is that there is uh, a reluctance, and I personally have experienced a resistance uh-huh. in the mainstream to share the new discoveries, even though they are based in peer-reviewed science. Right, so right. these aren't just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, airy-fairy, you know, of, uh postulations and hypotheses and, and theories. I mean, this is hardcore, rock-solid science, mm-hmm. uh, not the pop science right. that you see on cable network TV and, and in the airport newsstands. But mm-hmm. This is rock-solid science that simply does not have a venue or a voice that's from which to be shared in the mainstream. So this is a science that's published in these very obscure technical journals under very obscure titles. Uh, but it's telling us that there's a new story, a new human story. And I have to tell you, Christine, it is a, it's a beautiful story. It's a powerful story of hope, possibility, uh, of self-regulation. And uh, when we come back from our break, I want to talk to you more about self-regulation and what mm-hmm. that means. Yeah, and I want you to compare the old story and the story that the majority of people believe and what that new story is as well. More with the wonderful Greg Braden here in just a few moments. Please join us for a transformational conference with five, that's right, five of the leading pioneers in the fields of science and spirituality, all in one place. Join best-selling authors and teachers, Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and Lee Carroll in both individual workshops as well as a weekend of keynote presentations and panel discussions. At this extraordinary event, you'll get to experience some of the brightest leaders of our world today, empowering you with groundbreaking new information, deep wisdom, and practical tools to transform your life. Come connect with others and expand your consciousness in beautiful Nanaimo on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, June 14th through 19th. For more information or to register for what some are expecting to be one of the best conferences of 2018, visit shalohaproductions.com. That's S-H-A-L-O-H-A productions.com or visit the individual speakers' websites. Calling all moms. It's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G dot com. 
Let It Go Radio. The future awaits you. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Talk Radio. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Welcome back. That's the wonderful Michael Tomlinson, who's been a guest on this show here on 1150 AM KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, I'm so lucky today. I'm having a conversation with Greg Braden. And Greg, um, you know, we're going through a stage now where we seem to be illuminating a lot of truth, the, the truth of government corruption, the truth of the toxins in our food, the truth of the science behind our spiritual nature. And... You are helping us to illuminate the truth about our history. Now, before the break, you said there is hope, but I'd I'd like you to sort of compare the um, our, our current understanding of history in terms of what's widely accepted and what the obscure but but peer reviewed you know evidence based truth is that contradicts the the well known truth. I'd love to, and I, I'm just going to begin. I'm I'm going to say before I share these discoveries that uh, that I am a scientist. I'm a degree geologist with a, a strong background in the life sciences, so molecular biology, molecular chemistry, invertebrate, invertebrate, paleontology, uh, those kinds of things. And that has given me the, the opportunity and, and the skill set to look into these very obscure scientific journals to see what the discoveries are telling us. And I have to tell you, share with your audience, that what is being revealed is very, very different from what I was led to believe. When I was growing up, and I was in school in the 1950s, 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. the story that I'm about to share right now flies right in the face of everything that I was taught uh, in universities, that I was taught even in the corporations when I was working. And it all begins with us, uh, Christine, and, and our origin. Uh, we've been steeped in a story, uh, a scientific story, that was first introduced in 1859 by Charles Darwin, and mm-hmm. I know many of our listeners at least are familiar with the, the general idea. They may not have the specifics, but the general idea of the story is that we are the product uh, of essentially a, a fluke of biology and a, a random process that just happened uh-huh. uh, in a, a, a very, uh, very fortunate way where just the right conditions precipitated just the right atoms and molecules that came together in just the right time to produce simple forms of life that evolved slowly, gradually over long periods of time uh, to produce us as, as we are today. And that story is its still being taught in the classroom today, even though the evidence no longer supports that story. Wow. So where this comes into to play with the, the conversation that we're having is that the story of uh, the human story, as it is shared through mainstream academia today, it's a very sterile-sounding story, uh, and it, it loses the value of human life. And when we look at all of the things that are happening, you know, these the, the atrocities that we just talked about, uh, the horrors of what are happening to, to people today, whether it's in our own country or other countries, whether it's individuals and, um, you know, taking their own lives or destroying their own lives through addiction mm-hmm. uh, or the way that, you know, domestic abuse, and as I mentioned, cyberbullying and the hate that is precipitated to, uh, uh, throughout the world, all of these are only possible because we've been taught to think of life 
I think are so powerful uh, is they are telling us that while evolution is a fact, and as a geologist I've seen it in the fossil record for many mm-hmm. forms of life, uh, it breaks down when it comes to humans. Now, the, the physical evidence has never supported the story, and that has been an ongoing uh, argument, you know, for 150 years. Since Interesting. The, so, yeah, since the, the theory was introduced. There, there wasn't that, the evidence, really. Uh, well, the, the physical evidence, I mean, for, Darwin introduced this theory 150-plus years ago, and the physical evidence has never supported it. Uh, if we look at what are the, the familiar evolutionary family trees, uh-huh. uh, and you can go to a, a website, you know, for the Smithsonian or, you know, somewhere like that. So it's, I mean, this is the official, the official uh, uh, chart where you see humans uh, at the top of those family trees, and then you see these lines that connect us to other forms of, of life that uh-huh. are believed to be our ancestors. Uh, those lines are typically broken or dashed lines. And the, the legend of the chart is very honest. It tells you that these are inferred or speculative relationships. They are believed to exist, okay. uh, even though the physical evidence has never been, been found. So that's always always been a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's all there was, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't have written the book. What has changed is the science uh, of DNA is, is now gone into the realm of what used to be science fiction, but it's science fact now. Mm-hmm. So if our, our listeners, for example, if you remember the movie Jurassic Park, <laughs> that, right. that, well, the science fiction part of that was that they took the DNA, they extracted the DNA from the fossilized remains, of ancient forms of life, and in the movie, they brought them back to life. To uh-huh. the best of my knowledge, we've, we've never done that. Right. But where the science is now, we can extract the DNA from the fossilized remains of the, the forms of life that were previously thought to be our ancestors, uh-huh. like Neanderthal, for example, and Australopithecus, right. and the famous Lucy, and all of these things. And what the DNA is telling us is that they're, they're not our ancestors. Wow. Uh, there's not enough overlap. So I, I just specific example. Um, 1987, a discovery was made in northern Europe uh, that, uh, of, of a, a Neanderthal infant, a baby Neanderthal girl, uh-huh. buried deep in the earth, preserved in a way that has never happened before and we've never seen since. And from her ribs, the DNA was extracted and, and scientists were able to build the genome and compare her genome to ours. Now, she was dated to about 30,000 years before present. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, we have the genome of uh, a being that's supposed to be our ancestor to compare to ours today. That was in 87. The results were not released until the year 2000. I mean, this is how long scientists struggled with with what the results were telling them. Goodness. Uh, And it was released in a very prestigious journal, Nature, volume 404, uh, Mm of the year 2000. And the bottom line was that there's not enough Neanderthal DNA in our genome uh, to suggest that they are our ancestors. As a matter of fact, we shared the earth with them. We probably interbred with them. We probably had Neanderthal boyfriends and girlfriends, uh-huh. but we didn't descend from them. So this is one example. Interesting. At the same time, what the studies are showing is there's another form of life. And I'm going to introduce this quickly, and then I know we'll go to break, and we'll come back and, and really flesh this out. There was another form of life. I know most of our listeners, if if you studied Neanderthal, you've probably heard of something called Cro-Magnon, which is a term that's not even used any longer. That term has been replaced with uh, the the term anatomically modern human, or the acronym is AMH. Anatomically modern humans showed up on the Earth mysteriously. We see no path to their uh, emergence. They showed up 200,000 years ago. Uh, fully intact, fully enabled, fully human, uh, and they have not changed in 200,000 years. We are the anatomically modern humans. And this is not Darwin's idea of evolution, slow, gradual changes over long periods of time. The DNA is telling us uh, how this happened, and this is where science now is finding itself in what they call forbidden territory. Okay, so so let's first just reiterate what you said, because it's so huge. Okay. We thought that we had, um, our ancestors were the Neanderthals, and you're saying not only were they not, but 200,000 years ago, this um, AMH, what's formerly known as Cro-Magnum, showed up 
and it's us now that there have been no changes. They, we have not changed. They, physiologically, huge. we're the same. We have the same body proportions. They showed up with a brain 50% larger than their nearest primate relative, uh, the same uh, extended neural network that gives us the, the extraordinary abilities that we'll talk about today. And we have not changed in those 200,000 years. And this is a problem for the evolutionary theory. Sure, absolutely. So when we look at the DNA, where we're the DNA science is now, we, we have what's called forensic DNA. We uh-huh. can look at the DNA in our genome now, and we can work backwards and see how it came to, to be as it is. Mm-hmm. And this is the mind blower. This is where it's just off the charts. Scientists don't know what to say about it, so they're not saying much of anything. Uh, and this is what I want to go into in more detail. I think we're, we're up for a break right now, though. Yeah. And... Uh, what it sort of brings us back to the original conversation today about being an outsider. And I th- I know I've worked in research before, and I know how painful it can be for a scientist when they are, you know, more or less an outsider because they're, they're doing groundbreaking work. We have well, to- this is where it changes the story, because what the new evidence is suggesting uh, is that we are not the result of a random process. Uh, it begins to give a different meaning to life. And when we begin to embrace what these discoveries are telling us, uh, we begin to feel differently about ourselves and our relationship to life itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the healing has to begin. Yeah, this is really exciting, but we have to go to another quick break. Stay tuned. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, This book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or e-book, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Tune in to Synergenetic Living Radio, where Rick and Grace Paris discuss the synergenetic way of life what it means to truly change your perspective in life, what it means to take control of your life and manifest your true desires. For more information on Rick and Grace Paris and Synergenetic Living, check out SynergeneticLiving.com. Get clear on the life you desire and the current life you are creating and what is between the two. Synergenetic Living, living life loud. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW, 1150 AM in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I am talking today to New York Times bestselling author, 12 times, I believe it is. Um, No, five times, but he's got 
12 books. I don't know. I lose track. There's so many high numbers here when it comes to, to Greg Braden and his authorship. Um, and Greg here has been talking about how our history isn't what we think it is. And we were just getting to some of the good stuff about what the forensic DNA shows and what that means for us today. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I think it's important to keep all this in, in perspective. And once again, you know, I'm a scientist. This is very different from what I was trained or, or taught to believe. But it all goes back, Christine. We were talking about problems in the world today and, and uh, where the root of those problems are, the, you know, the, the hate, uh, the separation, uh-huh. and the sense of, uh, of insignificance in the world. And I'm I just want to share, just to give our listeners a sense of, of what I mean by that, and I'm a huge fan of Carl Sagan, uh, but Carl Sagan made a statement that I think encapsulates this so beautifully back in the 1980s uh, about the way we're taught to think about our world. He said, we find that we live on what he called an insignificant planet of a humdrum star lost in a galaxy, tucked away in some forgotten corner of the universe mm-hmm. in which there are far more galaxies than there are people. So that is a scientific perspective of how insignificant science sees us. And within that insignificance, the story of evolution says that as a a, a fluke of circumstances came together, uh, many flukes over time, that we became who we are. So this leads us with a sense, and it's a sense that's instilled in our young people. It loses what can be called the specialness uh, of life. And this isn't from a religious perspective or you know, really, even a spiritual perspective, it can be. Uh-huh. But it, it's just being honest with ourselves that there's something so very, very unique about us, and it is something that is worth preserving and worth cherishing and worth saving, rather than the story we've been taught in the media that reflects uh, that this, this sense of insignificance in life. You know, Rachel Carson was uh, oh, yeah. one of the first environmentalists back in the 1960s. She oh, wrote yeah. a book entitled Silent Spring. Right. Uh, on the pesticide DDT. And she made a statement, and I remember reading it when I was a kid, back in 1962 I read mm-hmm. this statement. And what she said is, was that we only destroy the things that we don't value. And we can only value the things that we understand. And I think nothing could be more appropriate than when we apply that to human life. Because That's human powerful. life is being destroyed at an unprecedented level. It's happening right in front of our faces. It is. Because we have lost, as a the value uh, of what a human life is, and that's reflected certainly in entertainment and media, and, you know, our listeners have all heard about that. So this is why I think these new discoveries are important, because they go right to the core of the story that has informed us of who we are in our relationship to the world, and they told us, number one, that evolution is not our story. Uh, Number two, that we showed up suddenly. 200,000 years ago. And by the way, scientists agree with that. There's no controversy over that 200,000-year mark. Uh The controversy is how it happened, and that's what I want to talk about right now. When we begin looking at the DNA, and and a lot of this technology, it's only like the last five years. I mean, that's how new this stuff is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scientists are able to look at some of the mysteries of the human genome and see how our DNA came to be as it is. And one of the great mysteries is the mystery of, of our chromosome number two. Okay. Human chromosome number two. And I, I'm not going to be really technical, but I, I'm going to use science to describe this. Human chromosome two, it's the second largest in, in, uh, in our bodies. It makes up about 8% of all of our cells. Human chromosome two, it's got over 1,200 genes. And I'm going to talk about only one of them. One of those genes. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into how significant all the others are. There's one gene that's called TBR1. And it is the gene that's responsible for the brain that we have that's 50% larger than any other primate, any chimp or any orangutan. You know, we share our DNA with them, uh-huh. over, over 95% of our DNA, 98%. But we have this, this large brain. And scientists are saying, well, how, how did this chromosome come to be? Well, this is where it gets really interesting. Our human chromosome, too, is the result of an ancient fusion of pre-existing DNA And number one, the fusion happened in a way that does not happen in mammals. Uh, It has never been seen in in mammals the way that it is in in human chromosome number two. And I talk about it in more detail in the book. Mm -hmm. So the fusion was important. But even if you say the fusion 
maybe it did happen, it was rare, but maybe it happened. It's what happened after the fusion that tells the story. Because after the fusion occurred, the result was tweaked. It was modified. It was streamlined. There were certain things, certain characteristics that were turned off, certain that were turned on, so there was not redundancy uh, mm. in, these, uh, in this fusion. And scientists are ready to agree. I mean, they have published this in Proceedings National Academy of Sciences, uh-huh. uh, that you cannot attribute these to evolution. These are not evolutionary processes. Processes, and this is where it gets interesting. They say there appears to be an intentionality underlying the fusion of the DNA, and that's where science has to stop. Because science can only tell us what happened; they cannot tell us why it happened. Uh-huh. And and if you're skeptical, and and I think it's healthy to be skeptical, and you of say, course. well, yeah, you know, that sounds pretty pretty rare, but maybe it did happen. The rest of the story is that similar things happened with other chromosomes in the human oh. body. For example, human chromosome number seven. Uh, I think, Christine, you and I have talked, when I'm not being an author and a researcher, I'm a musician. Right. And one of the things I've always wondered as a musician is if we share 98% of our DNA with a, a chimpanzee, uh-huh. why can't a chimpanzee sing? You know, we why can't a chimpanzee sing Stairway to Heaven? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. It's never going to happen. And the reason is because there is a very specific switch, a, a, a reversal of two very specific DNA letters in human chromosome 2 that connect our tongue and our jaw and the muscles of our mouth and our brain in just the right way so that we can have complex speech and singing. And guess what? It happened exactly 200,000 years ago. And this is the David Geffen, David Geffen School of Medicine, UCLA, is telling us this. The mm-hmm. uh, Max Planck Institute is, is agreeing on these dates. So these aren't just hypotheses. This is hardcore science. Saying 200,000 years ago, something happened, mm-hmm. and we are the product of that something. Right. And, and, it, and I always that, find it interesting when there's more than one scientist coming to the same conclusion. Well, because that well, helps validate it. And I, I talk, I list these in the book so people know it's, it's, it's not a great theory or a great hypothesis. Mm-hmm. This is hardcore science. It simply is not being shared in the mainstream. But when you put this all together, and there's, there's more, but when you put these together, Christine, what it says, 200,000 years ago, we uh, are the, the, the beneficiaries, uh, we're the result of these genetic changes that gave us, so for example, the brain, human chromosome 2, what gave us the ability for the human, the uniquely human uh, uh, experiences of empathy, and sympathy, and compassion, and, uh, and the kind of, of care. It gave us the ability for self-regulation. Uh-huh. We're the only form of life that can sit down in a moment in time and say, in this moment, I choose to awaken these extraordinary abilities in my body, deep intuition. Uh, the ability to enhance my immune response in this moment in time, to to awaken my longevity uh, enzyme, uh, to create resilience in my life to the changes. We're the only changes I'm seeing. We're the only form of life that can do these things consciously on demand, and that is the ability to self-regulate that sets us apart from any other form of life. And what this tells us is we're not the product of an accident of biology and some random mutation. That something very, very powerful, very unique happened 200,000 years ago, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it is rare. And to me, that gives a, a new specialness to life. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say, just before we go to break, I just want to say this. When people hear this, they say, well, what did happen? Yeah. I don't know the answer, and science doesn't either. And that's the whole point. If mm-hmm. we can free ourselves from the shackle of a story that we know is no longer true, that frees us to follow the evidence to the story it does tell rather than attempting to force the evidence into a pre-existing story that we know uh, where the evidence no longer fits. Yeah, and this is really exciting that perhaps we've been programmed for greatness and we haven't accepted it. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more. Please join us for a transformational conference with five, that's right, five of the leading pioneers in the fields of science and spirituality all in one place. Join best-selling authors and teachers, Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and Lee Carroll 
in both individual workshops as well as a weekend of keynote presentations and panel discussions. At this extraordinary event, you'll get to experience some of the brightest leaders of our world today, empowering you with groundbreaking new information, deep wisdom, and practical tools to transform your life. Come connect with others and expand your consciousness in beautiful Nanaimo on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, June 14th through 19th. For more information or to register for what some are expecting to be one of the best conferences of 2018, visit shalohaproductions.com. That's S-H-A-L-O-H-A productions.com or visit the individual speakers' websites. Best-selling author, spiritual life, and business coach Joe Nunziata brings his higher energy and no-nonsense style to people who are ready to make powerful changes now. Wake up, step up, power up with a shot of Joe. Join Joe the second and fourth Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for 30 minutes of high energy, no-nonsense, and powerful tools to make powerful changes. Visit joenuns.com. That's J-O-E-N-U-N-Z.com. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome back. So grateful you're joining us here for this final segment. This hour, Greg, has been flying by. And before we go any further, I want to make sure we have an opportunity to talk about your website and a very exciting event you've got coming up. Um, so first of all, what's your website? My website, thank you for asking. It's uh, www.gregbraden.com. It's Greg with two G's, G-R-E-G-G-B-R-A-D-E-N, all one word, dot com. And w- which event is oh. the exciting one that's coming up? <laughs> oh, I know you've got several of them, but what I was thinking of is the one where you are going to be there with Lynn McTaggart, ah. Lee Carroll, Joe Dispenza, and Bruce Lipton all, right. all together on June, well, as it June fourteenth through um, the nineteenth, out on Vancouver Island, not too far away from the Seattle well, area. The, the reason I ask is, I just got the schedule from my office, and and I saw all of my speaking engagements into the year twenty twenty. Oh my goodness, you're already <laughs> so set up. For I, I that. thought maybe you'd seen something on there, but yes, this is. Um, well, I'm really excited about this particular engagement because it's the only time you can imagine trying to get the schedules of Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton. Uh-huh. Greg Braden, Lynn McTaggart, who lives in, in the U.K., and Lee Carroll, who uh, travels all but about 20 days of the year sure. uh, in, in one place. And I think it has taken us three years. I think this began three years ago. We tried to start getting our schedules together. It is a science and spirituality conference. Uh, and from the response, I have to tell you, they've just uh, actually gone to a larger venue. That's great. Uh, Yay. Because the response has been so strong. Vancouver Island. Uh, I'm especially thrilled. I get to talk about the things that we're talking about now, and I've been invited to do a one-day pre-conference that also uh, has, uh, well, I think they just found a larger venue for that one as well. It's in the same complex, but uh, the room now is larger. And that's Thursday, June 14th. And I have to tell you, if you're not from this area, the Seattle area, in the, the Vancouver and Vancouver Island area, you need to know this is one of the most gorgeous locations on the planet. So 
hop on a plane, get a hotel room, and come to this conference, because not only is it a fabulous conference with these five amazing guests, but it's in a beautiful location. And, of course, if you are in the Seattle area or Vancouver, of course, Vancouver Island, you, you definitely don't want to miss it because it's just a little drive and a ferry right away. Well, it is, it is a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. And I'm excited because they've given me the opportunity in a very visual way. My presentations are multimedia. They're very visual. Yeah, they're, you're, uh, you're a great presenter. Oh, well, yes. thank you. Thank you. And, and not tremendously technical. I, I'm using the science, but in lay terms. And what that does, you know, Christina, what I've found is when we can honor, we all have a left brain, we all have a right brain. Uh And if we go directly into the right brain in the experiential things, the left brain is always in there saying, you know, why am I doing this? How Mm -hmm. do you know it works? You know, what proof do you have? So what I've found is if I can lay a little bit of a foundation, here's what the new discoveries are telling us. Now let's apply it in our lives. And this is what I get to do when I'm uh, at this conference not only share the information, and we just barely scratched the surface today, mm-hmm. but what does that mean? Yeah. And what it means is what the, the new discoveries are telling us is that we are wired. We are literally wired and have been from the moment we appeared 200,000 years ago for extraordinary experiences. Uh, and I, I began listing just some of them, the, the abilities to self-regulate, resilience in, in our lives. We're all going through big changes. I am, you, you betcha, are, the yeah. world is. The world's changing. We have to change. So the question is, how do we do it in a healthy way? And this is where I think the science really gives us the foundation to know what works and what doesn't. And what doesn't work, let's stop doing it. And what mm-hmm. does work, let's find ways to do more of it in our lives and, and to share it with our, our friends and our families and our communities. So resilience is a part of that. Right. We all want to be healthy. Uh, and longevity is a part of that. Because if we have our longevity enzymes enabled, it means that we are healing day by day by day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the healing and the immune response is part of that. Our body is wired to, to literally awaken and receive the signals uh, that are dormant in most people most of their lives. So if we choose, we can live these extraordinary lives. Deep intuition, when we most need that, is when the, 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 uh, the environment is least... Uh, it, it, when it, it's, the, it's the, the worst, usually the worst possible time. Here's what I mean. I'm beating around the bush here. We all, you know, if we have a, a spiritual practice, many people have a special room in the house. They have an altar. You know, light a candle, burn the incense, close mm-hmm. the door, put on track one of Stephen Halpern's higher ground. <laughs> right, yes. You know, and, and, they, and they go into meditation, and that's all good. Uh-huh. But in the real world, and we all know this, when we most need those spiritual tools, is usually in the least opportune times when we're yes. out in the world and something happens. So we have to make yes. a decision quickly. We have to think quickly. We've got to answer quickly. We don't have time to do those other things. And, and how do we do that? Right. Well, our bodies are literally wired for that. So we'll, uh, I'll be sharing a technique uh, and actually have the experiences in, in the room so that we can awaken these extraordinary abilities that in the past, mm-hmm. Christine, were believed to be relegated to mystics and yogis and healers and curandaros and shamans uh, living in jungles or mountaintops, you know, half a world away. Mm-hmm. Me, half a world away. And, right. and you can do that. And, you know, it can be fun to do that, but we can also do these things in our living rooms or in the case of, of this event, we'll do this in the presence uh, of, of about a thousand people yeah. and in I, the room I, where we can build on that collective energy, and that's what's really beautiful. And I love that you also offer techniques that people can take home because I think... We're at a stage right now where the name of the game in order to shift things on the earth is to integrate our our gifts into the the moment to moment, you know, experiences in life and not just in the meditation room and not just the collective experience, but to to, you know, to actually have it be a, a part of our tool set while we're driving, while we're in a business meeting, you know, in the in the grocery store line, wherever and uh, I think it's great that you're offering people approaches to that. I, I agree. No, it's what we're talking about doing is is making what in the past has been considered extraordinary, uh-huh. making it ordinary. I love that in our everyday lives. And for me, I just want to just close. We covered a lot of ground today, and I know it's a very different way of thinking for many people. The bottom line for me, and all of this, is the better we know ourselves, the better equipped we are to deal with a changing world in a healthy way, the, the better we know ourselves, the less we fear 
to change, and that's mm-hmm. important. Yes. And, and the better we know ourselves, the less we fear one another right. as we go through the change. And when you really think about what these things mean, and the new discoveries, while they may feel threatening to some people, mm-hmm. all they're doing is giving us new ways to think about ourselves and answering the age-old question, who am I as mm-hmm. an individual? Who are we collectively? So the mm-hmm. new discoveries are giving us new ways to answer that question. And I think that um, there are a lot of people afraid to even ask, who do I want to be? Who do I want us to be? Because they're afraid of being disappointed. But what you're saying is we're wired for that greatness. Not only wired, the, the last piece, the better we know ourselves, yes, the less we fear change, the less we fear others. But perhaps most importantly, the less we fear ourselves uh-huh. and the less we fear the power that is at our fingertips, innate within our being. To, to do just what we've been talking about, to self-regulate and master the conditions of our, of our daily lives so that we are not defined by the hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, we all go through hard times, and the sure. question is, do we allow those hard times to define us in life and, and to become the, the walls and limitations, or do we allow those hardships to inform us of, uh, of greater potential? and then awaken that potential to carry us beyond where the hardships have left us. And it's a personal choice, and Mm -hmm. there's no right, wrong, good, or bad. For those who choose to move beyond uh, the hardships, this is the kind of information that gives us the the ability to do just that. What an incredible message and and what incredible work you do, Greg. And I want to mention again, gregbraden.com, G-R-E-G-G-B-R-A-D-E-N, and... Um, I'm sure he's got the conference, uh, the, the Science and Spirituality Conference link there. And you can also go to shalohaproductions.com um, about the Science and Spirituality Conference. Greg, thank you so much for joining us here today. I, I love talking to you, and I'm so excited about your work. Thank you for having me back. You know, we're a great team. We've, we've done this before, and each program is a little different. We go a little further. So uh-huh. I, I appreciate that. And congratulations to you on your TEDx. I'm oh, going to be watching you. for it. And um uh, I won't use the first name. I'll just say uh, mystery magic man behind the scenes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for making these connections possible. I, I love you that. all. And Thanks, I look Greg. forward to our next. And thank you for joining us here today. We do this show for you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. You've been listening to The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey. Each week, this show engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about the transformative healing work of Christine, visit www.StellarReflections.com. And for weekly topics, visit www.TransformationTalkRadio.com. 